Hello, you lovely lot. It's the Football Ramble. What a weekend. Goals, goals, goals. It's Monday, the 21st of September. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Venusian Ahantaraja. Yes, you love to see it. All the goals, all weekend, every single game. Ridiculous. 39 Premier League goals in just eight matches. And last season's top scorers, Manchester City, haven't even played yet, Vish. Was it too many goals? No, I'm never. I'm going to say it was too many <laughs> goals. And I'm a man who enjoys his goals. But so at some point, you've got to put your hand on the Premier League's hand and say, look, mate, you've had enough. <laughs> you, you, you are cheapening the very concept of a goal by having so many of them is that what you're saying yeah i think so yeah, yeah. jonathan yeah. wilson would agree everything famously. you know everything in moder- moderation including moderation sometimes yeah but that was excessive for your second weekend no out way i, I loved, loved it, you, it i loved it jules yeah so many 62 goals in 16 matches so far and uh johnny blaine one of the stats men at the premier league tweeted saying carry on at this rate we'll get another 1412 goals this season where are we going to put them yeah where are we going to put yeah, them? Well, the lovely highlights goals. reel that we can watch forever. Where will we stash them? Um, if anyone's interested, um, Portsmouth bucked that trend. <laughs> Something you'd no doubt be happy about. Uh, and juked out a nil-nil draw at Rochdale. Did. So um, they're, they're, they're doing their bit. I they think. are, yeah. yeah. Goals are still in um, very valuable supply down Didn't in Didn't score against Brighton in the cup either, did no, they? No, they did not. No, they did no, not, Luke. No, no. The designated drivers of the football Absolutely. League. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Look, everyone, this is calm down, all right? <laughs> We've all got work tomorrow. Let's take it easy. That's what Portsmouth are saying. It's just some incredible score lines. 5-2, the first match of, of the weekend. Everton beating West Brom. Uh, 4-2, Leicester beating Burnley last night in the final game of the weekend. Obviously, there's still two more matches to come tonight. Uh, we're going to talk in detail about Leeds beating Fulham 4-3, Crystal Palace beating Manchester United 3-1, Tottenham beating Saints 5-2. Uh, but let's start with one of the key fixtures from the weekend. It was it was one of the standout games in terms of before the matches, yeah. which one we were looking out for, uh, but it actually had the fewest goals. Liverpool beating Chelsea by two goals to nil. What did you make of Chelsea's performance, Vish, before we get on to Liverpool? Um, Chelsea's performance, I thought it was what we've probably come to expect from a Frank Lampard side where we had players on the pitch who were good players and not necessarily playing to a particularly coherent system. Um, obviously we'll talk about the, presumably we'll talk about the Christensen um, sending off. That was a lovely piece of performance art, I thought. What, the... Christensen sending off. It was, yeah, yeah. It, It was, but you know what, it spoke of, um, a player who... Didn't really want to be that high anyway. No. In that line. Yeah, yeah. And didn't have any belief that his keeper would come and clear the danger, so had to rugby tackle yeah. Sadio Mane. The only way it could have been better is if what has happened in the past is as he was rugby tackling him, he accidentally pulled his shorts down. Yes. <laughs> which yeah. is the best. That's the, that's the kind of apex of the genre of that type of challenge. Yeah. Where I, they, they, they struggle all the way down and the shorts come down and you see their pants. Well, you see what... Um, so Thomas Suchek on the weekend had a similar situation for West Ham when his shorts got pulled down. But then I noticed his undershorts were exactly the same colour. Nice. As if to kid us into knowing, into not realising that we were seeing short. Nice. Or undershorts. I didn't yeah. spot that. Yeah. I didn't see it either, but that's nice. I've got to save my phone. I'll show you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, but if you actually look at the time between that... So that happened in the first minute of um, uh, added on time in the first half. So for 45, 46 minutes, Chelsea had about 47% of the ball and they just didn't really do anything with it. I think they only had one shot off target um, 
one shot in the whole half, and that was off target by Timo Werner. But they just looked a bit... When, when they would get the ball, they didn't really know what to do with it. Bear in mind, obviously, you know, this is a Liverpool side who are famous for their pressing, but they seem to get into quite good positions and then at the same time not utilise players like Kai Havertz who seem to be getting the ball mainly aimed at his head from about 40 yards. And I, yeah. I tweeted yesterday saying... You know, seeing him going up for kind of uh, long balls is a bit like only using your Apple Watch to tell time. Yeah, like what a waste of an exceptional talent. Um, what else can you like, use your Apple Watch for? I, I don't know. I don't have one. Yeah. So what because you've done I, you is know you... what? I have a normal watch that tells time. <laughs> He's overstretched there because what you're doing there is you're trying to sound cool to the kids. But if you've got a couple of replies on that... I don't think Apple that, Watches are cool, though, are, are they? they? Not, I, well, that's no. like, I love that you just checked my wrist there. Yeah, I'll check, I'll check both of your wrists. But the thing is, Vish, if you're going to wax lyrical about the Apple Watch, what happens if some people reply and ask you questions about it and you don't know okay, the answer? Well, no, because what you can use your Apple Watch for is you can use it for to read your messages from your phone. You can read it to... Uh, well, you know, you can you can treat it as a phone. It's basically a phone, you know, on your wrist. But I think the analogy falls down because... It, the very basic, the very basic element of a watch is to tell the time. So the analogy works. Sure. You'll get them to do all these basic things right. No, no, no. You, I think what you Luke, should have said is, was, "Is this where I call you a pedant?" Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, I, I taught you that word. You did. Because yeah. I'm, I'm going to counter that with, "There's nothing wrong with putting the ball long to someone who's six two, yeah. who has an immaculate touch and can bring other people into play." He's also quite good in the air, have Yeah, certainly sure. improving. Sure. Got, I've seen him score headers in the but bar. it is a waste to do that with a lad you're spending seventy three million on because of what he does on the deck rather yeah. than what he does in the air. Was he playing like a weird position? Was he playing like a false nine type position? He was a little bit like he was playing big man, little, big man to Timo and his little man. I love that. See, it's Tim <laughs> Sherwood with A levels all over. That's what we want. That's what we want. <laughs> Tim Sherwood over the weekend said something amazing. Or was it last week? Uh, well, it's like a Saturday. Uh, no, it was on a show on. I think it was a PLP. PLP oh, show, yeah, with Melissa Reddy. Yeah, and Mark Pugat. Yes. And, um, she gave him a shoe in, by the way. She, she did, did. Yeah, it she did. Great. And um, they said that they announced that Spurs had signed um, Regulon. And Sherwood uh, <laughs> just went, but how do we know if he's any good? And it's like, hmm. How I, about watch some football? Yeah, you, yeah. Could, you could say, but he might take some time to adjust or whatever, or that he's moving to a new country. But I mean, I'm not really sure you should be saying, how do we know if he's any good? That, that's that's a ridiculous thing to say, right? Well, if you watch the Europa League final, you would know that he's a brilliant player. So mm. it, it was a silly comment to make, wasn't it? He, what he should have said was, signing Regulon is like you're only using your Apple Watch uh, <laughs> to read your me- iMessages. You could do with it. I bet he's got an Apple Watch. Oh, big time. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> big time. Um, but with Havertz, I think what we've seen from the first two performances from Chelsea so far this season, I know it's only 180 minutes, so it's it's hard to judge any team so far. But I think from what we've seen of Havertz in the first two matches for Chelsea in the Premier League this season is definitely not the best of him yet. No, no, without question. And I think it is important to say that um, it's going to take time for him to adjust to a position he wants in Lampard's system and at the same time Lampard to find the right position for him in his system. And so those kind of teething problems are understandable. It doesn't matter how much you pay for someone. He's only 21, remember. Um, But I just thought yesterday that Chelsea could have given a better account of themselves in the opening 45 minutes. Obviously, with the red card and playing against a mid uh, a team like that with only 10 men, you know, they, there's only so much they could do. The fact that they kept it down to 2-0 and they had a chance to make it 2-1 with that penalty, maybe they can take some solace from that. But, um, yeah, ultimately, I, I expected a little bit more from them opening up. And I think if I was a Chelsea fan at the moment, I'd probably have a little bit of trepidation about what's currently happening. And, and, and the reason I'm saying that is because they they got a lot of credit last season under Lampard for how they how they performed throughout the season, what they were able to achieve, got to a cup final, top four, all the rest of it. They did that with some young players that have come through their academy. And I think that is something that fans love to see, as we know. 
Uh, and what they've done now is they've made a decision to go and bowl these big name players for a lot of money. And I would be personally a little bit disappointed. I know fans fans who are a lot younger than me get really excited about big signings now. And it's almost like a pro set card, kind of sticker album type mentality. It almost becomes as important as the football itself. But I, I kind of liked what they were building last season. I'd like to have seen them give players that they've had come through who've had another season under their belt to feature more and to play more and to and to give them a, more of an identity because what the criticism that's been levelled at Chelsea has been since 2004, 2005 is that they're not really a team with any kind of history and they've they've been, they've been had an influx of money from an investor and that's kind of what they're known for. Well, what an amazing opportunity it would have been for them to, to continue this development and this growth of these young players. Now, I'm not saying they won't necessarily do that, but what I am saying is they've signed a lot of players, they've put a handful of them straight into the team and um, they've come off second best against, admittedly, a good Liverpool side. And of course, it will take these players time to bet in. But I'd love to have seen them give the younger players a continued chance to, 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 to achieve. But it seems to me, because of what's happening in the world at the moment and because of the way football is, they had an opportunity to go get these players and they had the money to do it, so they just did it. Mm. Um, so time will tell what that's going to do for Lampard because, as I said a week or two ago, his challenge as Chelsea manager has completely changed now. The expectations are a lot higher and I feel like he might be on slightly less certain ground uh, as the season progresses. On that though, when Tammy Abraham came on, I thought he looked really sharp and one of the positives of bringing in these key, these star players like yeah. you're talking about there, Luke, is that it will give a boost to everyone in the team and it'll, it'll make other players make work harder. Yeah. Tammy Abraham is now going to want to prove himself and say, hey, I still want you to pick me. I deserve to be starting matches. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think if actually if you look at the system that Chelsea played last year, it was very effective as well. And someone like Timo Werner, um, I've only seen him a handful of times, so I'm, I'm happy to be corrected on this. And <laughs> no doubt I will be when I, when I make a mistake. <laughs> But it's going to be Sigurdsson all over again. <laughs> it will be, yeah. I mean, that was very much deserved as well. But the, <laughs> the thing about Werner is he obviously scored a lot of goals, but he didn't necessarily do it as a, as a forward, as a striker. And he's someone that he's quick, but he's quite an efficient runner. He's a, rather an efficient sprinter. He's not someone who kind of bombs up and down all the time. He actually rarely gets caught offside as well, which I suppose to extrapolate states that he's not someone who's just going to hang off the last man and make that run uh, dart over the top for that ball over the top. So in a sense, you, you kind of have to also find a more effective role for him. And the other thing about Havertz's role on Sunday was that he was basically doing a role that there's only one, only one person has done effectively in terms of user physicality to hold up the ball and bring other people into play. And only other, the only person, other person in the league who's done it particularly well is Olivier Giroud. So why not just play him up there especially in a game like that against um against Liverpool and have Havertz and Werner playing some kind of role off him mm. um yeah uh, you know you mentioned Abraham there obviously it was nice to see Rhys James you know maintain his role mm. Mason Mount as well his energy from midfield looks all the more important um especially when you've got um Kovacic and uh Jorginho who are going to sit a bit more Kante's an interesting one because part of me thinks he should just be used as that too and Kovacic Kovacic should be a bit further forward because there were a couple of times yesterday that Kante got into really good walls. There was, in fact, there was one time in particular where Chelsea were breaking three on three, and Kante was the third man on the right with Werner and um, and Habert. Kante got the ball as he entered the box, and about five passes later, the ball was back to Kepper. <laughs> because Kante just didn't have it in him to to beat that man or even get away. What did you, you make of Kepper's performance? I mean, I think people want to hear what you thought of it, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was fucking shit. I thought it was absolutely horrendous again. And the problem is, 
Um, I'm not actually interested in what you think. I just want to say <laughs> But I am. But the problem is, you know, you, you have a go at the guy and he's a young man and he's doing his best and Frank Lampard's comments afterwards I thought were spot on saying that, you know, football is this way and we have to try and try our best and mistakes will happen. And he was quite supportive broadly. So I don't want to kind of pile in on the guy, you know, joking aside. Um, but... <laughs> It's not. You get to the point now where you think, is this actually really helping him in any way? Is is he getting any anything out of this? So he knows he's in bad form. He knows he's making mistakes. He looks um, nervous. Even the one reasonably good save I remember him making, I'm sure he made more, but the one I remember him making was right at the end, where um, he, he actually, but he actually palms it or chests it into the path of I think Firmino, who scuffs his lines for the rebound. And you think even that technically is a goalkeeper. I'm fairly certain it's not really how you should be making a save, um, particularly pushing it into the danger area. So uh, to play him against the best team in the league in the, in the form he's in, I mean Lampard said some kind of excuse about how there's a cup game coming up and he wants to play Caballero in that, and Kepper was always going to play in this game. Jesus, man! Sometimes you wonder whether it's actually helping anyone at all to play him. Well, I think Frank Lampard has to back his player, doesn't he? And of course, he's but gonna... keepers, it's different, Jules. It's different. He needs some time out, surely. He didn't back him for the. He didn't back him for the FA Cup final. He played Caballero, mm. didn't he? And I don't know you can say that's a cup game. That's a, one of the most important games Lampard's had as a manager. And he's gone for. There's got to be. A, there's got to be a reason, though. Why? Why else wouldn't he play Caballero? He's got to. There's got to be some reason why he's still continuing to play Kepper. Perhaps is the new keeper that they wanted to buy, Mondi from, from Rennes, is yeah. that deal maybe off? Maybe is it not going to happen? I don't really know. Maybe he has to play Kepper because maybe he feels like that deal may fall through, so he has to keep the confidence in him. I don't I don't really know. Well, I mean, the, the Mendy deal is interesting because that seemed to me more reason not to pick Kepper because if you're... You know, they've made no bones about the fact that they've looked to um, get in a replacement from the start of last season, or rather in, into, like, you know, halfway through last season. I think it was in February that they were linked to other goalkeepers. Um, and then, you know, the chairman of Ren has come out and said, that, oh, yeah, the deal's all sorted. You know, he's going to Chelsea. So he knows he's only coming for one spot, and that's Kepa knows he's only coming for one spot, and that's his. Hmm. So given all his issues anyway, when you chuck that on top of it and you still play him, Unless you know that he's a person where you can challenge in that way, where evidently he's not, I don't understand why you'd, you'd play him. Because you, but then look at Manchester United's kind of situation with goalkeepers. They've still stuck with De Gea when he went through a long period of criticism as well. But De Gea has still a bit of credit in the bank. You know, De Gea hmm. has been United's player of the season for well, basically three seasons, I think maybe four if you discard the McTominay bit. But, you know, he, he has been a keeper that United have seen firsthand how much he raises that team. And uh, yeah. that's still you can still pick him. But for Kepa, they haven't seen any of that. And I think I think there is an element, and, and it's the, the conceived wisdom is that if a keeper makes a mistake, you can't keep faith with him because you can't just drop a keeper every five minutes every time they make a mistake because players make mistakes all the time. It's far more um, prevalent or, or noticeable when a keeper does it. But there does come a point where you say, this is hurting us as a team and this is hurting the player. And he's a young man and he's vulnerable despite all the rhetoric around how much money he costs and all the stupid stuff about how much wage, how many wages he's on or whatever. You know, if you want him to have a, seriously have a future long-term at the club, you've got to protect him. Yeah, you got, There's nothing wrong with taking him out and saying, you know, five, six, seven games, just rebuild your confidence, get back to work on the training ground, maybe we'll play you in a League Cup game, whatever. And, 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 be, and, and the manager himself can be the lightning rod for the criticism. But to play him in that capacity against such a good team, and as you rightly said, Vish, the reason Andres Christensen makes a decision he makes 
is because of Kepa. Mm. And Kepa didn't shower himself in glory on that instant either, by the way, but yeah. he just gets the, the, the attention taken away from him because the attention's on Andres Christensen's red card. So, you know, it's I easy do... for us to say from the sidelines, but to me, it looks like it's hurting the player and the, and, and the I team. Think, I think that also we don't know Kepa personally and, and every player's different. Some players need to be taken out mm. to be able to get some confidence That's back. True, yeah, Other yeah. players will need to be have an arm around them and be playing every single game in order to get that confidence back. So, you know, it, we can't really judge Frank Lampard for why he's continuing to pick Kepa, but there's obviously must be a reason for it. Before you move on, um, mm. very quickly, just a quick note on um, Thiago, by the way, who... Um, who looked great when he came on. I know he was really up, classy player, isn't he? Yeah, I know he's up against ten men and Liverpool were the better team, but I mean him being at the heart of everything and the amount of touches he had and the amount of passes he had just in that one forty five minute period was incredible, really. Do you not think we need to to temper that a little bit? Yeah. Not just because it's ten men, but I feel like I said, he, I, said, he, I, said I know I know Liverpool yeah, were the better team and yeah. they're in the ascendancy, they're already winning, et cetera, et cetera, of course. Because I, I, I feel like we're gonna see those you know sim- him post similar kind of numbers and have a more profound impact in in big games because that's just what he does. I yeah. felt like yeah I, I I say that from a personal point of view because I saw those numbers and I saw him you know just the, just seeing him in the Premier League is a joy. Yeah, it's great. And I immediately thought like am I just getting excited about my favorite guitarist tuning his guitar here? <laughs> yeah. I reckon I might wait you know wait a couple of weeks and then see him like grab a game by the scruff of his neck. But you can still be excited about the game because no, you course. know what's about to come, yeah, right? Sure. You know, sure. Like, yeah. he's, he's obviously going to whack out an amazing version of Hotel California Vish <laughs> and you're going to enjoy it. So it's, 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 it's the uh, it's the, uh, the, uh, the 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 start of something special. Fair Look, this. what I would say is the part of the reason I feel like I want to say that Tiago look great and that I want to support him is because I feel that his kind, that kind of player in that kind of position is the type of player in a position that is overlooked and underrated by English football fans quite a lot. And I really mm. wanted to, in a small way, like fly the flag for that type of player because you know that those players are traditionally quite underrated because people will say, maybe not quite Thiago, but similarly, it, people will say, well, what, what does he do though? What does he actually do? You know, you know what, you know what I mean? If he's not yeah. making a killer pass and three assists a game or scoring 30 goals a season or flying down the wing or making big tackles, sometimes football fans don't really appreciate them as much. I think we're going to see that reaction though the other way. I think Maybe. it'll be interesting to, to chart over the season. How good was Mane though? Oh, I just thought he had he had a brilliant game. So strong, isn't he? And it's like torture, though, George. Kepa's in the form he's in, and you play him up against Mane, and what, what happens? Exactly what you expect to happen yeah. because Mane's a complete terror. And, and I, he... the bit I love the most about Mane was when he when he loses the ball for for that goal when he when he nicks the ball off Kepa, and he was so pissed off that he lost the ball that he chases it down, nicks yeah. it off Kepa, and then scores. So yeah. I, I just love that attitude from him as well. It's like when that Barcelona had that vintage front three under Guardiola. And the stat was that they made those those front three made more fouls than the defensive unit did yeah, because right. they were so tenacious to get the ball back, and they've got a bit of that about them. Mm, they do. Let's move on to another game. Seven goals at St Mary's. Tottenham coming back to beat Southampton five two. Uh, before we get on to Deli Ali being left out of the team because that was a huge talking point. Son Heung Min, what a game from him! Four goals, four assists from Harry Kane. It's absolutely incredible. I did not see this coming. No, nor did I, because Salam played really well. <laughs> I think you could cut together that game differently and be like, well, bloody hell, Southampton, they could go really far this year. It was that typical thing. Of, it doesn't matter how well-drilled your players are, how good the system is, and how much the players, those players on the pitch adhere to it. The team with better players every now and again is going to Do you think Southampton's system is, is, the best, is the best system for them, though? 
to play really I think, I think I think they they definitely need another midfielder. Yeah, I mean the high line. Yeah, that is a bit of an issue. I think they need they definitely need a midfielder. Um, we were talking before about how you've got a lot of Southampton mates. I remember reading stuff. Well, about hang on, hang on. <laughs> I know a few people that support. So I would say, listen. Don't go on this podcast. I've got a load of Southampton mate because you're going to kill me there. <laughs> but I, I remember kind of reading some stuff about Southampton last year, and one of the the players that they were looking forward to, I suppose, getting back in was Harrison Reed because he was impressing at Fulham. In the end, Fulham made that deal permanent and they I don't think they obviously lost losing Hoiberg as well to yeah. um Spurs and he started yesterday. That was obviously a big blow as well. So um no I I think I I think it, it's a system that has done well for them. Um, obviously, it's just another loss at home now, isn't it? So mm. yeah. you can add that onto that pile. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, Ralph, um, Ralph Hassan also looks like um, he's got some crimes to solve. Oh, I like love he, him. He yeah, looks yeah. like a very intense him. David Morrissey type character in, a, in a, an ITV drama <laughs> on a Wednesday night, and he will solve the issue of why Southampton is so shit at home. Yeah, yeah. And no, why they've got such a bad goalkeeper in Alex McCarthy, who you two have both got on your fantasy team. Which hey, hey, strange. hey. 1.5 but... million. You've got to have a, a bargain in goal, Luke. Look, who's bottom of the Football Ramble League? At the moment, it's me. Exactly. There's two goals. There's two games to play tonight. Also, what Mark starts with picking their goalkeeper first? You start <laughs> from the top, you front load it, yeah. and you wait exactly. your way down. Well, we'll see. Who have you got in goal? Um, Kasper Schmeichel. Mm. Oh, because of his dad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about Tottenham, though? Uh, I loved Jose's uh, interview after the game, after Son scored four goals and was absolutely brilliant. Why is he Uh, having his way into someone else's interview? Yeah. (laughs) It's not not typical Jose behaviour, is it? (laughs) Harry Kane, man of the match, despite Son's four goals. Yeah, the Son felt obliged to agree because Son's quite lovely, isn't he? Yeah. I thought the... One of the things that was really evident, obviously, by the fact that Harry Kane got four assists, is that Jose, to a point, is like, right, if we're going to, if you're going to drop back, what we need to do is we need to make you more effective, or, or rather, make you more effective at doing that, and also bring you in the game a bit quicker. So if you saw a lot of those goals were very quick releases from Harry Kane with runners off him. So He's I think, a good pass for the ball, Kane. Yeah, no, very yeah, good. Um, yeah. It was reminiscent of that game England had against Spain, because he does it a lot for England, more so than he does for Spurs. And a lot of the time, that's because you've got Rashford and Sterling around you. So probably quite smart to get get runners off him. And, and Son is obviously one of the most willing runners in the Premier League. But also, I think one of the one of the goals maybe Son's hat trick, where Lamella was darting through as well. You know, that was clearly a plan that they'd come up with. And why wouldn't you if Southampton were playing such a high line and it's already proved so effective? And you kind of look at that and think, well, actually, not only can Bale be brought back, brought into that situation as well, um, but also. You can understand why, if you've got a striker who's going to drop back and occupy that kind of space, why it might make someone like Deli Ali obsolete in your yeah. midfield. Well, yeah. Mourinho didn't really give him a uh, ringing endorsement in the <laughs> comment, did he? He said, um, he doesn't, he, <laughs> I need a balanced squad. This is in response to a direct question about Deli Ali. I need a balanced squad, and he doesn't need to be sacrificed, but a first team squad is like a puzzle. It's like, if I was Deli Ali, I'd be thinking, what? What does that mean? Fucking saying on what? Should I be going to Paris or mm. not? Should yeah. I be going to well, this is the thing. First of all, he was linked with Real Madrid because yeah. of the Region and the Bell deals. And then mm. now he's been linked with PSG. Didn't feature again for the second no. match in a row. And I, and I do think there's an element that, you know, uh, we can read for into things. This is going to be a very, very condensed season. It's an intense game at the very top level now, as we know. And players aren't always going to play every single game. Um, so, but to be left out completely is Sure, different. and what, what Mourinho said about that was he said, I'll need midfielders on the bench, I'll need defenders on the bench, blah, blah, blah. He said it wasn't due to fitness. Clearly there's something in it though, because mm. 
chiefly, I mean, you can read into whatever he said in the All or Nothing documentary, calling him a lazy trainer and all the rest of it. For me, and people can, can have their own opinion on this, as, as I'm sure they will, um, I've been to see Spurs a lot. I can't remember Deli Alley making consistently good performances for them for, them for a, quite a long time. I mean, the, the, the game that sticks in my mind... I haven't got a perfect memory, but the day game that sticks in my mind it's is because you're forty now. Oh no, exactly. <laughs> is uh, Boxing Day uh, gone the, the, the year, uh, last last year? So he's he's not he's not made an amazing contribution to Spurs for quite a long time now. And I wonder whether he's one of those firework type players who's gone up really high, made an amazing um, impact, bright and shone brightly as a very young man straight away. And now you wonder whether he can maintain it and whether he needs a move. But I'm telling you now, in my opinion, if he's being linked with Real Madrid. He's going to have to improve his game to a ridiculous level to make any kind of impact at a club of that size. I mean, I, I just think it's fanciful to think he can have an impact at a very, very top club the way he's been playing, in my view. Very quickly, Gareth Bale, Spurs shirt, first interview on telly on Sunday. Good to see him back in the Premier League. Yes, great to see all these yes. players come back. It's fantastic. Come on. Yeah, We're not going to see him play until probably November because no. he's injured. But yeah. um, Which is hilarious, by the way. Look, Kate's not here. Let's not upset her because no. she will probably be listening. Um, and she I'm can sure, still the thunder back. Yeah, she'll, she'll probably be waxing lyrical about this and be talking about it a lot later on in the week. Let's take a break. After this, we'll talk about a couple other games from the weekend. You're listening to the Football Ramble. We love hearing from you guys. Show at footballramble.com. That is a new email address. So make sure you take that one down. Show at footballramble.com if you want to send us anything. Yes, indeed. We've had an email from Mark. Listener Mark, hello to you. Uh, hi, Ramblers. All the chat in last Friday's pod involving Tongi and Dombele's Europa League goal that was never shown on Premier Sports because, of course, that technical issue they had. Um, I was pleased for Andy Brassel that it wasn't free sports because he'd have been fuming <laughs> and very raging. upset. Uh, and thinking about seriously consider, reconsidering his, uh, his uh, endorsement deal. Uh, and other goals that never got caught on camera reminded me of an embarrassing tale at the beginning of my career as a sports video journalist. As a fresh graduate, I'd landed my dream job working for Sky Tyne and Weir, an offshoot of Sky Sports, covering local sport in the area. We would often provide online highlights of lower league teams, such as South Shields FC at the Northern League Premier. One week I was sent to film a highlights package of a South Shields FC fixture, but after driving 30 minutes from the office, I arrived at South Shields in an absolute state of panic as I opened my car boot to discover that I'd left my camera in the office. With no way of doing my job and 30 minutes left till kickoff, I had to race back to the office to fetch the camera. Stressed out and fumbling around, I finally got back to the ground 10 minutes before half time and asked a nearby fan what the score was, to which he replied, 1 <laughs> 0 to South Shields. <laughs> Disappointed to have missed a goal, but relieved to have not missed too many. I proceeded to film the rest of an entertaining 3-2 win for South Shields and hoped that my boss wouldn't notice there was a goal short in the highlights. The next day, the video was online and I thought I'd gotten away with it until the striker who had netted the said the goal that I'd missed tweeted me asking, where was my 40-yard screamer in last night's highlights? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> love the fact that he thought he got away with it, though. And then he gets a tweet. Yeah. Oh, I've, had some, I've had some stinkers before where I've done, I've been on like national radio and I know it's 15 seconds out from the break and I've got no idea what I'm going to say. And it's like, it's, there's a very, very like special, and I mean special in inverted commas, quote, a, a feeling about what you're going to do. It's horrendous. Definitely. I mean, I know that as well. Obviously working in live telly, 
You have those moments all the time where sometimes you just think, oh my God, I actually have no idea what's coming next. I don't know what I'm doing next. What, yeah. What's actually going to happen next? It's a next? weird sinking feeling, right? Do you know what? I love it. Have you made a big mistake covering a game? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, well, the, my, um, I've made two uh, quite big mistakes that I've thankfully lived through. One was uh, in my first week of work experience somewhere I did an interview and obviously didn't record on the dictaphone and I oh, made, yeah. oh, made no. notes. We've all done that. We've all done that. I'd made, oh. I'd made notes and I was like, Right, I'll just kind of. I know what he said, and I remember one of the. It was like Peter O'Hanra O'Hanra. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh yeah, he just happy to get the three points at the end of the day. And Pete, Pete told me once that he interviewed someone on the on the film on the film junket when a new movie comes out because he used to do that for Absolute Radio, and he said that he realised about ten minutes in that he hadn't pressed record, or he had no he had no space in the card card or something. Mm. It's just to carry on as if nothing had happened. Well, yeah. um, and the second mistake is: Do you remember when um, in the 2012 Olympic football programs, when Joe Allen was listed as English, and there was a big kavaha? Yeah, like that. that was you. That was me. Yeah, yes, nice. yes. nice bit. Garth oh, Crooks, Garth that. Crooks of all people, with the with the program on the on the you know coverage of the first game. Shaking his head, I'll never forget that. I was like looking at my dad. Garth Crooks shaking his head at you. Yeah, as I look at my dad when I told him I wanted to be a journalist, <laughs> just nothing but disappointment. Is that an exclusive for the ramble that you are in and up to that for the first time? No, no, because I think I had. I think it kicks off a little bit on Twitter and being young and um, an idiot. I was like, no, that was me. Really sorry about that. Because it was essentially just a typo. Because in the first bit of prose, I mentioned oh, that he was the Welsh a... are apparently just a typo. <laughs> that's what. He, that's what he'd like to say on the record. The Welsh are just a typo <laughs> for the English. I mentioned that he was Welsh in the first line of his, his actual preview but in the nationality bit I put English I've had a couple like of a clangers slug. I've had yeah. a couple of clangers uh, one of, when I used to work on a shopping channel you can imagine the state of some of the stuff that happened on a shopping yeah. channel there was all sorts going on uh, but it was actually like one of my first weeks and I didn't know that things that you say just to your mates you just can't say on telly so I said <laughs> don't take the piss out of me what, on TV? On TV, and I didn't think there was anything what wrong the, with what it. What did the director say? Well, my producer just said, the producer just said in my ear, uh, Jules, you need to apologise for what you just said. And I, I didn't know what I was apologising for. <laughs> and I went, I'm really sorry if I offended anyone with what I just said. And then like, it went to a break. I was like, what did I say? And they're like, you can't say don't take the piss. I was like, oh, really? I didn't realise that was a thing. Obviously, I've never said it again. Yeah. Um, and then another thing I did when I was working for my local radio station in Brighton... Um, I had a guy come in to do work experience. He was sat with me. So I was kind of like training him how to run the radio desk. And, and in local radio, you do everything yourself. You yeah. produce it. You, you obviously do all the talking. You have to run the desk, do all the buttons, everything. And uh, as I'm teaching him, it, we went to a break and an advert came on and I was taking the mick out of the adverts. It was really cheesy and I didn't realise the microphones were still on. <laughs> and I was teaching a guy how to work in radio and I did that. So that was a shambles. Uh, luckily, I don't think anyone heard because it was local radio so not that many people listened so I managed to get away with it. But yeah, that was quite amusing. Yeah, We've yeah. all done it. We've all done oh, it. Oh yeah, everyone who listens to this show regularly will know the amount of mistakes I've made on here. <laughs> but we don't need to go into those. I'm sure there's a compilation somewhere. Shall we do a Betway 4 to score update? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should. Um, entry to 4 to score is free each week. Pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly 50 grand jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first match. Further terms and conditions apply. Uh, we thought that after a warm-up last week, we could get at least one correct pick under our belt this week. But predictably, uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. 
No, it didn't. Game one, Arsenal-West Ham. Jim picked Aubameyang to score first, which was a pretty decent pick after his new contract renewal last week. Uh, But of course, it was Alexander Lacazette who got the goal. Uh, Game two, Newcastle versus the Mighty Seagulls. Uh, Andy, thanks Andy Brassel, he picked Callum Wilson. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's Neil Moore pay. Yeah. And then he scored another one to ram it home. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Um, And in game three, Chelsea versus Liverpool. Uh, Vish, you picked Virgil van Dijk. Why did you do that for? So be too clever, didn't I? <laughs> you are. Set Just piece. pick the Set obvious. Pick the obvious. It was Mane, of course. So for game four, Marcus picked Jack Grealish in Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. That match is on tonight at six o'clock, but it doesn't really matter because we're out anyway. Fourth score will be back on the preview show again this Friday, so make sure you get involved. Let's move on now to another one of the entertaining matches this weekend. And I think what we could say is probably one of the surprise results from from the weekend as well. Uh, Crystal Palace beating Manchester United 3-1. It was the first time we've seen United in action uh, this season because, of and, course, and, uh, sorry, what are you laughing at? I just remembered that, speaking of things that you shouldn't really say on air, Kelly Case had to do an apology oh, to Patrice Everett. Oh, don't. And we can't repeat oh, what was said. Oh, I died. But it was... I died. <laughs> I love Kelly. She's so lovely. She's and And she's really good, obviously. And I, I just remember thinking, because when, when I first heard it said, I was like, not sure about that. And then obviously she got something through her ear and then after the ad break I had to apologise for it. But anyway, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's online. You can go and check it out. I'm not, go- I'm not bringing, I, us, into- I'm not bringing I, us into this whole foul libel jamboree. So you can leave it out do, there. Do you remember the Paul Ince one from BT Sport last year? No. Yeah. Paul, Paul well. Ince did a naughty hand gesture and okay. I had to welcome back from the break and say I do apologise if anything you've seen there has uh, offended you. Cringe. As oh. we know, as we well, know. I saw a lot in the game from Man United side of the bench <laughs> that offended me, Vish. I don't know about you as a Man United player. Kenny Cates apologise for that <laughs> yeah, well? should, Everyone should have. The Man United player should have. Because I'll tell you what, and I'll let you have your run up at it and, and you can do the lion's share of this, Vish, because they're your team. But I just find it absolutely remarkable that you look at the amount of money that Palace have spent I know it's a reductive point. I know that there's different reasons for it. They are, compared to Man United, with no disrespect to Palace, they are a pauper's team compared to Man United. They have not got any, not got any players. I'm okay with you saying that. I'm sure you are. <laughs> On paper, well, earlier, you said that I've got loads of Southampton friends, so you should be, be careful. I didn't, Vish said oh, it. I was at Vish. Um, so, how does it feel as a fan? How, do you, <laughs> how does it feel as a fan to watch that? Because it's, it's crazy to me. Fine. I know it's early in the season, but it's crazy. Not a problem. Fine. Yeah. Enjoyable. Yeah. Um, what was it? Was this just first game back? Can we expect more in the next game, Vish? What, you know, a lot of people are saying, look, they haven't really had a pre-season. They only had two weeks off. Is that to blame? Or is it the team selection? There's been so much said. They should be good enough with the players they've got. That's the problem. See, if Edward would says all this stuff about pandemic finances, fine, we're sympathetic towards that. It's been a difficult time for everyone. But with the players they've got, they should be better. Yeah, the, the, I'm going to start this with a couple of mitigating factors just to cover myself here. But I can't wait. Obviously, with I know United started a week late, but they had some issues getting all their players back to full fitness. Yeah. Pogba tested positive for coronavirus. Aaron Bissaka had to quarantine 14 days after being in Dubai, which is why he didn't start yesterday and they went for... Was it, was it a sanctioned instead. holiday to Dubai? But I thought he I was back really in training know. on Monday. Yeah, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I think I think it was because he was he would, he would posted Instagram um, stories of himself training in Dubai. Right. But I think he still had to do his 14 days. As per the was, he trying, was he trying to make out that he was actually in Manchester training? Yeah, I think just so. don't get into the background in. <laughs> like a really nice tight crop yeah. and watch, just watch me training. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the only reason I can think that Bissaka didn't um, start because obviously he's a superior fullback to Fossi Mensah. Um, 
And as a result, United's right side looked pretty part of us because it had Dan James and um, and Fossey Munster on the right side, and that's where uh, Palace got a lot of their joy. It could have been, you know, Palace played really well on the break. It could have been more actually. I don't know why they went for a period I where they played really well. Oh, excellent! Palace, yeah. excellent. Really but, well. Both games we've seen them yeah, so far. Yeah, but but they um, there was a period where it looked like they were going to rue all their selfishness up top because IU and then. Zaha, you know, sometimes you see it in five side where one person doesn't pass, so therefore you're not going to pass to him the next time. Mm. And then he thinks, well, you haven't passed me that time. So I'm, and so he's kind of been went back and forth, and you know, then they scored three. Um, <laughs> the thing about the thing about this situation with United um, is that they are crying out for a defensive midfielder because while you can talk about how bad the defense has been, I think fundamentally, if you're not going to give them any cover, their limitations going to be even more exposed. With a proper defensive midfielder, with someone who can shield, with someone who can actually just add some organisation to United's midfield as well, while providing that cover, suddenly the whole spine has a bit more structure and the team isn't just, you know, four people going forward and six people panicking at the back. The thing is, though, United aren't going to sign that defensive midfielder because they've just signed Donny van der Beek. And now we're in a situation where we actually we actually have, of our best midfielders, Three of them, you need to squeeze them into two positions now. Because there's no way that Pogba, Fernandez, and Van der Beek are going to play in a midfield three together unless it's a situation like in the second half where they're chasing the game. So then people are talking about getting a new defender. But there's no one defender that you're going to buy that is going to remedy all these situations. We're linked with Upamakano, who's a brilliant defender, who's very quick, um, which seems to be what United are lacking. But they're only lacking it because they're being caught out because they've got no cover. And if you really want to make one personnel change that is going to make one iota of difference, the import, the difference that needs to be made, it is, unfortunately, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You need to bring in a manager who knows how to deal with the players that he's got, who's going to be strong enough, not to just think we can take these wild horses off the leash and that's how we're going to win games. Because... One game and he's calling for his head. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. Okay, so, the, the, so the, one, <laughs> the, one, the one thing I'll say there is I can understand why United won't, sign, won't sack him. I'm not saying it's going to be a smart move to sack him even in December. All I'm going to say is unless, if we don't want to keep having these same debates over and over again, if we don't want to have those same performances over and over again, that is the only change you're going to make that's going to make any difference. Mm. Um, I don't know if I agree with that because I think that We've, we saw last season, particularly post-lockdown, a really united Manchester United team who played very well and managed to get into the top four and get a Champions League place under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and everyone was praising him. So what has changed in just a, a matter of weeks that all of a sudden there are certain fans who think that Ole's maybe not cut out for this job now? I think those fans have always existed. I think what what United benefited for, from during the lockdown was the fact that it gave Fernandez quite a big rest. He got Rashford back from injury as well. Um, Rashford didn't have the best project restart, but it did mean that we were a bit more threatening in that, um, Manchester United were a bit more threatening in that final third, especially with the front three to, you know, to be fearful of. Pogba obviously came back into reckoning and... and did pretty well during the restart. Um, not great, but he started pretty solidly. Um, again, I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm stuck in this quandary of uh, I don't want to be part of modern football's problem here by calling for the manager's head so early. Um, and at the same time, I, I, I do see that. I know that he, you know, did a good job last season, having 
you know, he got himself out of a hole of his own making, let's be fair. You know, he was the manager at the start of the season. And I know people will, will, people will say that there's an issue with the Glazers and absolutely right. And I think that's a completely different issue altogether here. Because I think since the start of 2018-19, United have spent 300 million. And Solskjaer has overseen about 220 of that. And I get that he's not maybe not necessarily having the most pronounced say when it comes to who we're getting, who United are getting in. But at the same time, I don't think he's, I don't think he's capable of, of moulding together something. You know, United will go on runs as they did in in, um, in the restart because they're going to get a decent run of teams who they're they're able to blitz, to run out, to run rings around, and that's fine. But as you saw, you know, other teams will be looking at Crystal Palace on the weekend and thinking. Hold on, if we we might only get twenty five percent of the ball, but if we're pretty solid, we can hit them on the break because they're all over the place. Mm. If you look, at, I, I think they were doing the rounds on um, on Twitter after the game. But if you look at, up to do this kind of average position thing, and if you look at United's average position, you can make out their formation, but you can't make out any kind of plan. And the fact that Dan James and um, Fossey Mensa were so isolated against that left side, it kind of makes you think that that's a you know, what was Ole playing at? If you're going to, if you don't know, you're going to have what an average age of 23 down that side or something like that. You've got to give them cover. You've got to at least make sure Tomine is in there along, alongside them to really shore it up. But Can I ask sorry, you a question I'm, I'm then? You, 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 said, you said that you think a defensive midfielder should be priority then. Yeah. Would you rather sack off the Sancho transfer to get in a defensive midfielder and maybe another defender? Um, I, I would, yeah. Sancho, Sancho gives you another threat and and makes, you know, Sancho does elevate United to to a different level. But but I think if you're gonna if you want actually, if you want proper change, I think if you want defensive solidity, um, you know, I, I'm all about strikers. I'm all about creativity, um, and you know, there is that old adage that forwards win you game, but defenders win you win you championships. I'm not going to say that United when they show up the defense are going to be, you know going to be pushing for a Premier League title, but I would say it would be a more realistic shot would than you, where they are now. Would you rather Lewis Dunk and Ben White to Harry Maguire and Lindelof? <laughs> well, no. I mean, that's the thing. No. <laughs> what because... sort of question is that? <laughs> yeah. oh, I just want to pro- wind you up. The problem is... Give right? me Basuma. I'll take Basuma. <laughs> the problem is, very, very briefly, the problem is that, you know, they're not improving. May not like improving, right? So you can say, okay, they went from six to third last season. <clears throat> That is an improvement on paper. But I think the key thing that Vish said there is the, is the idea of the, the semblance of a plan. They're Manchester United. They're always going to be fishing in a certain pool for certain players, and those players are going to bring a certain amount of quality. But I think it would be a pretty fanciful prediction to say that they can replicate third this season with all the strengthening that's gone elsewhere and all the other teams and everything like that. You'd be surprised to see them finish third this season. I still think they'll finish in the top four. Well, we'll see. We'll see, won't we? I yeah. still think they will. Yeah. I mean, look, at the, look at the problems defensively that Tottenham have got. Look at the problems defensively that Arsenal have got. And I know Arsenal have improved, but I still think Man United will finish in the top four. There's a bigger threat to it now than there was last season, though. That's the yeah. only thing. And yeah. yeah. I, I think every other, with the exception of Frank Lampard, every other manager in that top, at that top table is better than Solskjaer. And Lampard's a jury. As a manager. That's what I'm saying. That's really important. Okay. That's really important. Mm. Look look how Brighton's set up under Potter, yeah? You know, that, that all it takes is someone with a coherent vision who mm. has the players around him and works with the players around him as well. Just Lovely, nice. wasn't it? 
<laughs> Wasn't it lovely? Well, speaking of amazing visions, <laughs> what about Lee's Fulham, Jules? Oh, you just want to move on, don't I you? Do. No one wants to talk about Brighton Fine. Put up a vicious uh, agony, <laughs> a lonely hearts column over there about Man United. Oh, when uh, is it going to be our time? <laughs> yeah? Exactly, yeah. I'll bring, I'll bring my dog in next time. That's, that's yeah. like therapy, having a little yeah, puppy around. Where's National Man United Day? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's International Man United Day. Yeah. Let's talk about seven goals at Ellen Road. First match back there in the Premier League in 16 years. Incredible. Another incredible game. Are we going to yeah. see seven goals in every Leeds match this season? It was amazing to not only see the game, but also to see the intensity that Marcelo Bielsa conducts his post-match interviews in. <laughs> I know he's going for a translator. Andy Brussel made an excellent point on uh, one of the shows last week, I think it was, where he said, I don't want Bielsa speaking in English because I want to get his insight. He's a football genius. We want to hear him speaking in his native tongue so we can get the insight. Completely agree. Does he have to do it with the intensity of of a double glazing salesman who hasn't made a sale at your doorstep for about 15 years, looking down but up through his glasses like, buy this double glazing off me or I'm going to commit an atrocity. Does it have to be that? Because if it does have to be that, I'm here for it. Yeah, me too. I'm it's the same way he celebrates it. goals. Yeah. Isn't I, it? I, also like, I also like the way he celebrates goals by doing this quite weird old man shuffle yes, up and down the, the touchline before getting back on his bucket again. <laughs> it's a bit like a, um, it's like the Sims. <laughs> yeah. He just walks around for a bit, walks back down, sits down again. And, and I love that. And I also love the fact that he was very, um, it, of all the reputation he's got as a genius, tactically brilliant, like, way ahead of his time, really influential on the top managers around the world even now. But he still sometimes says stuff like, yeah, we couldn't really deal with Mitrovic. I mean, our players just couldn't deal with him. So that's the end of that. Yeah. And, and that's all he said really about Mitrovic and how the reason they conceded a lot of goals is because we weren't that good in this period of the game. But a reason for that is because Alexander Mitrovic was so good. And you can't find that quite refreshing. I quite like that. Because Solskjaer would have said, well, the referee was terrible and we're Man United and we deserve Well, back in, back in 99, what, all it is is... Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder if that's, that's just part of Bielsa, though. It's, it's much easier to... Um, you know, to lord an opponent than it is to actually pinpoint where you went wrong defensively because you might give something away by doing that, don't you? Well, what I would, but that's fair, a fair point. What I would say though is other people elsewhere on this show, in my view, have underrated Leeds a little bit. And I think they've, Leeds have got a little bit more flack than they've deserved. And I, th- I think Leeds will be top half this season. Really? I'm sticking out. Yeah, I, I don't think... I they don't look th- so fit, to be fair. But I think they'll the, be much the, better the, than the people The question is, is that can they manage that for a whole season? My argument for that is, well, in the Championship, they play a hell of a lot more games than they will do in the Premier League this season and they, they managed it pretty well last year. So why not? I, I, I think, look, you can't be consistently pressing like that every single game and winning every game for a season of course you can't no one can do that but I do think I think we'll see Leeds slip up at times but I think that I think that they will continue playing their game and 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 doing what they're doing I'm not sure top half but I think they'll do well but they only lost one of the last 15 games last season in the league and so again I think you know you've got to factor in the you have and the season before that of course the second half of the season they lost three of their last four or whatever and it was difficult for them but yeah, it's fewer games, but the intensity is probably higher. higher yeah. And and the, obviously the quality is higher. I, I, I know this is maybe a bit, a bit of a reductive thing to say. I just don't think that many teams in the Premier League are that good. I mean, there's there's a lot of teams in that a lot of teams in that um, in that league, relatively speaking, for the reputation the Premier League enjoys, that are average. Like, and then they're not brilliant. And, and so and so Leeds will be able. What you're seeing now, in my opinion, is a team like Leeds with a coherent plan, a good manager, and a system that actually works. They can essentially insert themselves into the Premier League and probably be, worst case scenario, 13th or 14th or something. 
Yeah, I, I think I think they will tire, but by the time they tire, they would have pasted so many teams anyway that they'd be they'd be comfortable. I'm not looking forward to them playing Manchester United based on what I've you know what I've said about. When are they playing them? Vish? Do you remember? Oh, I, don't, I haven't dared to look. But in <laughs> it's terms a shame of, the know, fans won't be there. So they yeah. played them at Old Trafford on the 19th of December. It looks Ooh, like here. maybe there'll be fans. We'll have to see. Good and and to they played them at home in April. Good time to go on holiday. I think. Like <laughs> I think no. I think these uh, current. You never know what's going to happen down the line, but I think at the moment they'll beat Man United. Yeah, yeah, comfortably. They, what we saw, what I, what I would criticise them for against Fulham was I think they gave Fulham too much respect. I think they should have. They, they know, shouldn't have let them, never let them back in the game. No, not at no. all. I think they should. They should have just killed that game dead. And uh, well, you know, with um, with seeing how they basically let Fulham play, didn't they? Fulham by the end of it were pushing for that equaliser, and they, should, they had no right to do that. I thought, yeah, should have killed the game early. But the, you know, I, I totally agree with you. They're going to run teams ragged. They're, I don't, you know, I didn't articulate it properly like this time last week, but I don't think they're going to get relegated, and I think mm. they're breath of fresh air to the league as well. They're the entertainers so far, and uh, something that is very entertaining as well is all of the Robin Cock puns. I am here for those <laughs> cock block, uh, <laughs> cock sliding in. I'm sorry. You're not one of Pulitzer for no, films. No, no, that no, is no, coarse. That's not, yeah. I'm just talking about. They're very coarse. I'm you just know, talking about Leeds uh, defender uh, sliding in. But apparently, he's um, you know he's he's one of those people who doesn't really like being taken a piss out of. So oh, be sorry. careful. You don't want to rub him the wrong well, way. You won't be listening to this. Will you? A bell end. No, I'm just saying you don't want to rub him the wrong way. <laughs> oh God's sake! I had to say that twice as well. Charlie got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad Charlie laughed. Can we keep this up for the whole season? We can keep. We can keep. Can you keep up? up? <laughs> right, that's all we've got time for. Oh my God, there was so much to talk about today. Marcus, Andy, and Jim are going to be back tomorrow to talk about the other two Premier League matches tonight. Vish, say goodbye. Bye, Luke. That was very high. Bye, bye. Goodbye. Bye, bye. See you next time. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.